Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Hello and welcome to the Ace Ride With Us podcast. Today, I have Steve Thomas from Trader Village to talk about moving a roller coaster. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So by the time we're recording this, we are, by the time you're hearing this, you may have just been involved in a mini informal meetup with some Ace members that uh, were getting their first look at your new coaster, Prairie Screamer. Yeah, it was a, a very successful event. We had, I'm guessing, about 35 to 40 uh, coaster enthusiasts out. Uh, it was really great. Everybody had extremely positive comments about it. Uh, and it was, you know, one of the biggest concerns is, you know, who can fit and who cannot fit in our cars. And it was great. We had people that were 6'4", able to fit into our cars. And we had some people with fairly, you know, maybe bigger than normal girths that were able to fit comfortably in the cars as well, too. So it was a huge, huge success for that, testing all that out. Awesome. Well, that's where the ACE members know this. So if we back up just a little bit, how does a Texas-sized marketplace end up having a amusement park director like yourself? Well, it's been a kind of a growth. Uh, we are celebrating our 50th anniversary this next year. Uh, Traders Village here in Grand Prairie, uh, we start out with a few rides. We had a small little uh, helicopter ride, a scrambler, and uh, that was pretty much it. It was just something that was kind of just thrown in uh, to entertain the kids while the parents are shopping. Well, it's grown and grown and grown till current. We have 14 rides uh, that we offer here at Grand Prairie. Uh, and every one of the rides are park models. They're not trailer mounted that have been made permanent. They're all park model rides, which is pretty insane for a small little amusement park like we have. Uh, and the same goes for our park in Houston and San Antonio and our newest park in El Paso. Wow. So you said that you're small. So um, I know because we've talked earlier uh how many guys do you got working with you who uh help maintain move create maintain uh, keep all these rides going so i currently have a team of three uh maintainers uh a manager and two helpers uh one of them has been with me well with traders village for over 30 years uh the other two uh our manager's been here about six years and we just this last year ordered uh or hired ordered hired a third person to help out as well too so we're probably wow. get one more person so how many hats do you all wear in any particular day oh my gosh so not only am i the music park director i'm the backup emt uh we have uh uh department of public safety officers here every weekend but i help back them up as well too. Uh, sometimes I help in food and beverage. Sometimes I'm helping in operations. Uh, it's the thing with a small park like this. Well, I say small, we're about 160 acres, but the amusement park is actually a small portion of the whole market. So we all throw in and help each other out. We have live bands and concerts here all the time and stuff. So we all pitch in and help out. All right. So when 
did somebody have this idea to move a coaster from California? Because that seems like a pretty big next step from having a couple small rides. It It is. And it's actually, I, I feel like in a couple of years, it'll be a legend that people will talk about for a long time. Uh, at first, this this coaster uh, was looked at to go into Fair Park here in Texas. Uh and because the state fair was closed during the pandemic and other things, uh, we were approached saying like, hey, would you be interested in this coaster? One of the things that we had, was, one of the biggest constraints we have at Traders is size. We don't have a whole lot of room. We have to squeeze things in where we can. This coaster just happened to fit perfectly. Well, I say that it was six inch oversized, but it was, you couldn't have, we could have not accustomed made a coaster to fit perfect, more perfect. Um, the price was right and we decided, Hey, this is the next step in our evolution. Let's try it. So we did. And, uh, and what, uh, what, what year what was the time frame of that kind of conversation? Did, this actually started in, I would say mid to late 2020. Uh, and we were approached, uh, our, our park president, Tim Anderson, and uh, a couple others flew out to California to take a look at it, see what kind of condition it was in. Uh, somehow between all the gr- trees growing up between the tracks and the faded paint and everything else, somehow somebody decided, oh, you know what? We can do this. Um, and pretty uh, soon. You, you need to paint a better better picture for us because <laughs> some people say you saved this coaster because it was almost to the point where it wasn't salvageable. Is that is that a is that a statement or is that an exaggeration? No, you know what? That's a, a semi fair statement to be honest. Now the, the the bones of the coaster and stuff were good. I mean it it is a very well built and engineered coaster. Uh, Fred Myler, if if you listen to this, you should pat yourself on the back. Um, it was it was structurally it was good. It was it just needed a lot of work and not need a lot of cleaning. Uh, some improving some of the track had been, you know, warped due, during movement. You know, when they, when they took it down, it was, they were not as gentle as they probably should have been. Uh, and I'm not kidding when there were trees and stuff growing between the pieces and everything else. It was, it was pretty crazy because it'd been laying there for a while. Um, oh. and, uh, it was funny when they started loading up the pieces onto trucks to start trip, you know, trucking them out here. Uh, yeah, they actually had to chainsaw some things and clear out brush and everything else to get all the pieces, you know, from California to here. It's kind of, kind of insane. And when you see what it looks like now, it's kind of hard to believe it was actually in that state at one time. Okay. So I believe this is his, the, the biggest model of coaster that they made, right? It is. It is. You know, uh, uh, Fred has been well known and his company's been well known of making, uh, children coasters, you know, smaller coasters for kids, everything else. Um, he's also, I, I kind of like to think of him as, as maybe not the king, but the Duke of airtime. He, uh, loves to put little surprise pop-ups and everything else in his coasters. And, uh, this is no exception at all. Uh, it, it's, it's extremely surprising. You look at it from the ground, you're like, oh, that's not that high. But when you're up on top, you're going like, oh, wow, this is much higher than I really expected. And you're getting a lot of airtime as well, too. Awesome. Okay, so walk me a little bit more. It comes off the trucks. The truck starts showing up at your location. I'm just, I'm like, I don't even know. Fill these coaster enthusiasts in. Where do you even start once you get a pile of all the pieces? Well, Do you uh, pull out the manual? 
Well, that's the whole thing. There was no manual. There, that's the thing. I mean, it was, if, if you can kind of envision, uh, of, you know, an old school Tinker Toys box that, you know, you just upend it on the floor and there's, you know, play, pieces scattered everywhere and like, okay, build this. I have uh, a hard time with my Christmas tree and it's only got three sections, maybe yes. four. <laughs> yes, it was, uh, it was a, an unusual process. So we started, you know, these trucks started coming in with pieces of track, pieces of support. And when you see it today, you're going like, wow, that is a lot. And it was, it, it, it filled up a pretty large area that we had set aside for the yard. And it was this ugly, faded kind of blue color, rusty white up structure, you know, structures. It was just, it was pretty, pretty bad that's the time we kind of looked at tim we we're all looking at him like what did you get us into tim um but each piece was sent out uh sandblasted uh we looked at the condition of each piece of track each piece of support and everything else and stuff repainted it uh and it's 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 beautiful i mean there was some parts that we had to uh remanufacture or you know straighten bends different things to make it to you know to the quality that we wanted it to and uh it was a long, long process. There was a lot of entities involved in this one for sure. So how like how many? I mean you used different painters, different like how many vendors did you end up using to pull this off? Uh, we ended up using like three different vendors just for the sandblasting and painting, just because of the large amount of metal it was. Uh and you know, it was it was Wow, so you even had to subdivide the categories into yes. different people. We wow. really did. And, and, and you have to remember, this is going on during a pandemic and right at post pandemic. So it was, you know, a lot of these companies, it was great that, you know, they had work. A lot of places didn't, you know, the people that actually, you know, you do amusement park and, you know, the traveling carnival, stuff like that, the work on the rides and stuff, uh, well, they weren't doing anything. It was. I didn't you know, think about that. That's a good yeah. point. So you actually were a savior to some of the gro- groups. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and that was, that's another nice thing that, you know, we were able to accomplish is, you know, some of these smaller companies and we use smaller companies most of the time when we do things and stuff, you know, they were able to use this work to kind of keep them floated through the, uh, the rough times and stuff, which was kind of cool as well. And they did great quality work. All right. So you start to get it put together. You get your hat. Where do you, where do you look at upgrades and, and making sure it's safety standards or how, how does that all work? It's, it's a lot. So one of the things that was kind of interesting about this coaster, it was built in California. So one of the big considerations for that is earthquakes. Oh. It was engineered to, uh, for, for earthquake kind of safety. Uh, for us, we don't have earthquakes. Well, we started having some, but it's not a big earth. We're not a big earthquake area, but we do have, we're, we're at here in Grand Prairie. We have some extremely high winds sometimes. Uh, we have bitter cold. We have crazy heat. We have a little bit, some pretty different extremes. So it was looked at Fred and some of the other engineers that we brought on board looked at the coaster of, you know, different kind of strengths and weaknesses that we really needed to address as far as high winds and the extreme temperature changes that they didn't experience in California. We were able to change some of the structure, like we would brace up certain structures to have a little bit extra strength there, add a little bit of extra flexibility at some parts. And it is a much, much smoother ride because it was looked at each section of the track was kind of looked at. Well, 
it would had a reputation in California as being a little bit of a rough ride. Well, we looked at where we could smooth those out, and especially the inner turns. The inner turns are really, really sharp. I actually rode it with all the trim brakes off and just going hair to the wind and stuff. Uh, those there, there is some coaster enthusiasts that would pay for that. Oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you those those inner turns were rough. They were rough. I was going like ow afterwards. You mean rough or sharp? I mean because they're aggr- it's aggressive, right? It's very aggressive. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've we've tweaked those a little bit. We've uh, banked those turns a little bit to make it just a little bit smoother transition. Uh, since, you know, it, it's, it's centric circles that are going in and in and in. So those inner circles right at the end of the ride, really sharp corners. So we've tried to, you know, soften that a little bit, but you still, you still get that authentic coaster feel that sometimes I think some of the bigger coasters are kind of missing. You know, you, you, you want that like, Hey, I don't want this. You, you, you feel it. You feel the coaster is, I guess, the best way I can put it. Nice, nice. So any, uh, so you upgraded the banks and uh, what, what about the cars? The cars were the, so the cars are the original cars, but that's pretty much where it ends because, uh, when it was California, it had a single lap restraint. Uh, we've changed that where it's individual. So, uh, each car holds two people and each person has an individual lap restraint. Um, I think that's really important for this ride because you do get some airtime, you get some pop-ups. And if someone sitting beside you is a little bit bigger than you are, and all of a sudden you're halfway flying out of your seat, probably not a good thing. Uh, we also added seat belts. So they have a seat belt and a, uh, a thigh restraint, a, a lap bar that goes over your thighs and stuff. It's extremely comfortable. Uh, we've also added two inches of extra padding in the seats. So the seats are actually very, very, very comfortable. Uh, I've, I've gotten probably more positive comments about how comfortable the seats are than almost anything else. It is a much smoother ride than it was in California. Awesome. And then uh, what about, you know, so we're, we're, we're kind of nerdy on the, on the coaster stuff, but what about sure. brake runs and, and throughput? Sure. Did you uh, upgrade any of that stuff or? Well, one of the things that uh, we improved on is the, uh, the actual, we'll, we'll just talk about the lift, the lift hill. So the, uh, the chain, the motor, the gearbox, all that stuff is all brand, brand new. Oh wow! Re- yeah, remanufactured almost. It, it's all it was. This is totally brand new motor, not remanufactured, rebuilt anything else. Brand spanking new, and it took a little bit to find one, but we did. And it is a much quieter lift hill. Uh, well, the coaster itself is much much quieter because one of the other things we improved is the wheels. I'll talk about that in just a second. But the wheels got improved. But the lift hill is much much smoother. Uh, you don't have that jerky kind of, you know, launching yourself up the hill like you're being dragged up, you know, against your will. It's a very smooth ride. And it's such a beautiful view, too. Um, at When you get off the lift hill, there's a very slow, majestic kind of turn before you hit the first drop. And you're looking, you're like, oh, my gosh, this beautiful view. I can see AT&T Stadium. I can see downtown Dallas. I can see all these different things and stuff through the distance because it's a great, great view where we're at. And then you're like taking all this in like, wow, this is so cool. And then you lose your mind because all of a sudden this drop that doesn't look like that much is really a pretty serious drop. One of the, one of the improvements that we made, uh, is including the wheel. So it rides so, so much smoother along the track. We improved the brakes and the brakes linings where we have 
actually five breaks to uh, for the coaster itself from the time we stop it, which is right above the ticket booth, which is kind of cool because you're sitting there buying your tickets and all of a sudden there's this coaster that comes to a screeching halt right above your heads, which is kind of cool. And we have it so dialed in right now that only it only takes one, maybe one and a half uh, of our brake sets to stop the coaster at full blast. Uh, and then we inch up, we have different brake locations where we have a, uh, emergency, uh, offloading if we need to. And then it pulls into the, into the, uh, the loading platform just smooth as can be and stuff. So there's a lot of braking power that we didn't have before that we do now. We also have, uh, three sets of trim brakes that, uh, there's some places in the coaster that we just needed to control the speed just a little bit to make it more comfortable. And we have those dialed in. We actually, it's kind of cool. Fred was able to set up settings. So we have like pretty much three settings for each trim brake. So uh, myself or one of my mechanics, depending on the weather conditions for that day or uh, just how oh. the coaster's feeling that day, sometimes she, she, she wants to run. We have to tie her in a little <laughs> bit. So we can adjust the trim brakes just a little bit to, you know, keep everybody's heads on. So when they're going around the track, because this coaster is really fast for its size and shape yeah i'm wishing you were closer to me being in central <laughs> illinois <It's, laughs> yeah. have to make a special trip down to see you absolutely so uh you were talking about um reprogramming and, and doing a couple different things what about the audio and like all of the ride uh, what do you call that the ride system the spiels the spiels the yeah spiels. Uh, <laughs> yeah and uh we, we, I, when I originally bought the, uh, the Buffalo, that's a lead into something next year in a little bit. The, the company that I bought it from actually says, Hey, since it's taking us longer than we should, you know, we'll record your spills for you free from this professional voice artist. I go, okay. So I sent them the scripts. They did it for me. So no matter what, I had those in hand. So I had my safety, you know, messages already done. Well, then I decided that, you know, it needs more personality. I have this, I have this very large, very large animatronic buffalo. Wait, 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 where, where do you, does it come with a ride or you just happen to have sitting on the side of the shelf? No, we uh, bought they... it separately. We bought it separately from, uh, it, the, uh, the, um, I you guess, went to Facebook Marketplace and said, "Oh, big, big uh, animatronic buffalo done yeah, by now." No, no, we go where every amusement park goes for shopping. We went to IAPA, uh, <laughs> and uh, there is a manufacturer called Characters Unlimited, and they had uh, some pretty awesome animatronics and everything else. And one of them happened to be a large buffalo head. In like, Texas. And it's Texas and our, our coaster, you know, it's named the Prairie Screamer. And, uh, we had a contest within our company and they, uh, it was decided that the charging Buffalo was going to be the moniker of our coaster. So that is the, the photo that when you see the screamer, and everything else, you see this charging Buffalo. Well, I kind of said, Hey, we should have an animatronic Buffalo. So we purchased it. And, uh, it's pretty amazing. It's huge. It's huge too. So we have it, we have it installed. So when you load the trains, it's, you're facing it. And, uh, eventually when we get everything tweaked out right, it'll be talking to you, telling you, Hey, hang on partners or whatever. Anyway, so we got this Buffalo and I'm trying to think of, we really want a nice, we want a kind of a cagey 
com- comedy kind of cool Texas slang voice for it. And all of a sudden it just dawned on me, Gary Slade. I'm going, Oh, we'll get Gary to voice it. So we had a couple of issues trying to get a recording stereo at studio time and everything else. So he finally did record some uh, spills for us. We're going to improve on that and everything else. So, uh, but yeah, in the future, I hope to have, uh, Gary Slade's East Texas draw, like, Hey, y'all hang on. This is going to be fun kind of voice coming out of the Buffalo. Oh, too funny. Too funny. All right. So I, I, I know this was a soft opening and I know you're running the coaster now, but, uh, when you plan on, is this going to be like you're always going to be improving it or, or you have a goal to wrap all this up for a, a particular event or? No, I, I think so. Uh, March 4th is when we're going to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Uh, it'll also be a, we're at that time, we're also going to be celebrating our coaster and everything, even though it's been running, you know, and it'll be running during that whole time. Uh, it'll just be like the culmination of everything we've done so far. I see this as, you know, when you ever, whenever you have a coaster, there's always, you know, year to year kind of improvements you want to make on it like that. I, I think yeah. this is going to be the same way. What's, what's amazing about this coaster too is how easy it is to modify sections of the track and everything else. I mean, it is so easy to modify and change around and tweak and everything else and stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're again, we're a small, small property, a small park and everything else. So every time we do, uh, things, it'll be a little bit at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just what our capabilities kind of are. But, uh, I, I do hopefully by spring break, we'll have the buffalo yelling at people to keep your hands and feet inside. Uh, some ZZ top playing on the speakers throughout the ride, you know, different things like that to make it. I mean, it's, it's already one of those rides that you really, really enjoy. You want to do it again. But, you know, my main goal is I want people to have an unforgettable ride. This is one of the things that they tell their kids and grandkids about. This little bitty place, this little bitty amusement park in this giant flea market in the middle of Texas, they have this coaster. Oh, my gosh. They have this coaster. Let me tell you about it. So what was your biggest challenge wrapping up this coaster and getting it ready to go? I think the biggest challenge was just the foundation. We have an unusual situation here at Trader Village. We have extremely high water table. Uh, some people call it, we have an underground lake, underground river. Anyway, we have water. We have a lot of water uh, underneath the ground here. So when we started doing our uh, test pilings, our test drilling for the pylons and stuff, we hit water at 12 feet. So you start to dig the hole where you're going to pour the foundation instead of having nice hole you've got water sitting in the bottom of it yes yes and uh so so what do you do when there's just like water sitting in the bottom of the hole you're supposed to be pouring concrete into yeah what we had to do was uh each piling and we have about 90 pilings that we have we had to uh shroud them so you dig a big hole and you put a big shroud metal shroud around it and then you pour the cement in What's shroud? Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to picture this in my head, like a big, it, like culvert. Yeah, think of it as like a big giant pipe that goes 47 mm-hmm. feet down, and you pile, you pump out that water, and you put cement around the uh, the rebar structure and everything else and stuff, and that's what your piling is consisted of. Wow, so you're like building a sub foundation underneath the foundation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, holy God. Well, that's cheap, right? 
No, no, no. It was. It oh, was you're not- the small park. You start to get there. You finally got all your pieces together. Yeah. You, dr- you drill the first hole, and you're like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we had that, and then there's two mm-hmm. main pilings that are literally five feet across. It's a five foot square at each end of the coasters, and that's the main anchors for the whole coaster. Well, those go down 52 feet. Uh, so that was multiple truckloads of cement. I that mean, that's like, that. that's like as tall as the coaster is high, you're going down on the ground. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I never would have guessed that. Holy moly. That's yeah, and, crazy. And this, and this is going on during a cement shortage and everything else and stuff. So there was, you know, we were ordering trucks and trucks and trucks of cement. And sometimes they would say, Oh, we don't have any. It'll be two weeks. And we're like, Ah, we got, and you've this. already got a half of a hole in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I must say, when I asked you your biggest challenge, I never thought foundation and having a lake underneath your property was going to be what you were going to say. Oh, yeah. That was, that was definitely the, the biggest challenge. Now, you know, putting all the pieces together and trying to figure out what went where and everything else, that was a challenge, but, but that was, we could overcome it. We, uh, we have a couple of puzzlers here that were able to <laughs> figure all that out. We were able to lay it out. You know, we're a big, big property. So we actually had during the week, we're only open on weekends. So Monday through Friday, we had these big stru- metal structures just spread all over the parking lots and everything else and stuff to figure out what went where. Just driving them around on fork trucks, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then standing them up with telehandlers. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Man, that is crazy. That it is. All right. Well, Steve, thank you for walking us through what it took you guys to move a coaster because – I think I think that's interesting for all of us to dive in. And, uh, man, I, I can't believe it. We had to postpone this a little behind the scenes. We had to postpone this interview because you had to go inspect a yo-yo to make sure it was going. So uh, you really do. You really do have your hands in everything. Absolutely. And and, and I love that. You know, I, I've worked at SeaWorld. I've worked at Beaumont Park. I've worked for Apex Parks Group for quite a while and stuff. This is this place d- defies – it really defies – kind of explanation i mean it's this huge flea market that just happens to have an amusement park inside it it's crazy (laughs) i love it well thank you so much for taking us behind the scenes i know us coaster enthusiasts are going to love every minute of it absolutely come on out and ride her it's she's a good ride hey listeners it's jessica here that was fascinating wasn't it can you imagine being on the highway and seeing this coaster being shipped on semis That must have been really a sight to see. For those of you who want to read more about this, check out the article in the November 22 issue of Amusement Today. Personally, I love that this is a historical ride that will be saved for future generations. And it sounds like it might even ride better with all the improvements made to it, like more comfortable seats, better restraints. But we want to hear from you. Did you ever ride this at Scandia Amusement Park before it closed in 2019? Are you going to get over to Trader's Village to give it a spin? Or have you already? And what are your thoughts? Let us know at podcast at aceonline.org. And remember that you can find Ace on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Thanks for joining us. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information, and we will see you at the parks.